Thank you so much for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan. We are on our relationship series and we are bringing it to a close, but you know we end with a bang. So I am so happy that my guest made time. I know she's very busy and in high demand, but I'm so thankful to have Jamie Lacey on the line with us today. Jamie, would you say hi to all of our listeners? Hello. Good morning, ladies. I am so thankful that we carved out time. I know we tried to book time here and there over the last couple months. So, you know, when God brings us together, I just believe it's the right timing. Yes. So I went on your website because, you know, in, for over the past year, I've walked through the biggest challenge of my life. And I've been seeking, you know, counseling and looking for comfort and wisdom. And so I went to your site because I wanted to see all the amazing services that your counseling uh, provides. And so we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Would you be okay with letting people know how to reach you and, and what you provide? We can we can wrap up with that. Would that be okay? Absolutely. And it's called Life Counseling Solutions. And Jamie is a television commentator. She's a, a, I wrote down, relationship trauma expert. Am I right? Yes. Awesome. And licensed mental health counselor. And so Janie, we always open up our show with prayer so that we make sure that we're directing our hearts and our minds towards God for Him to speak to every listener so that someone who thought they were clicking on this podcast by accident really wasn't an accident. It was right on time. So let's go ahead and, and open up in prayer. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for each and every listener, for the men and women that are on listening and looking for counsel and wisdom and comfort and direction, God. I thank you for Jeannie. I thank you for her practice. And God, I really give this time to you, to your Holy Spirit, that he would direct our conversation, that we would hear your heart, and that everyone listening would be changed because of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to take up too much time talking. I'm just so excited to get to talk to you and get to listen. I'm going to be taking notes for my own personal benefit as well. <laughs> so... Um, We've been talking about relationships for the series, you know, around the holidays and time with families and get together and there's, there's good things that happen and there's not so good things that happen. And, and then, you know, we're moving into February soon, the season of love and trying to find love. And so all of this just came really at a good time to have these conversations. And before we, we did this podcast, um, I kind of asked him, what would you like to talk about? First of all, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from. And then tell us about Women Redeemed. I want to spend our time there. Sure. So I'm actually originally from New York. And when people ask me how I have gotten to Florida, it is a story that I would not want my own child to, to engage upon. But I was going mm-hmm. to um, college in Long Island University, going to college at Long Island University, CW Post Campus, which is on, in Long Island. And I could not afford to stay at this expensive school. And coming from a family who um, was not well-equipped to support me in staying at the school, I had one day just looked at a map and said, where can I move to and feel like I can have a job, literally? (laughs) And I was 19 (laughs) and um, looked at Florida because this is where Disney World was. And I figured that I could probably work at Disney World if anything else didn't work out. So I had never ever been to Florida. <laughs> wow. I think most of us, most of us started there. I can work at Disney. That's where my parents started too. <laughs> yeah. So I had got a one-way ticket, a friend and I, and the one-way ticket to Florida and hadn't been on a plane for 
I don't even know how long at that time. So that one-way plane ticket to Florida, didn't have a place to live, didn't have a car, and decided that this is where God wanted me to be. So stayed in a hotel, rented a car, and probably it took a whole month before I found a job at the then Nations Bank. I worked as a teller. But that's how I ended up in Florida. I've never been to Florida, literally picked a place on the map that I thought would be an easy place to to get a job. And the first couple of weeks of being down here, I'm like, I am going back to New York. There are people down here are just too nice. And in New York, if people are too nice, they want something. <laughs> right. So the culture was very different is my point. But I decided that I was not going to fail. I decided that, you know what, God placed it on my heart to be here. So I'm going to be here and I'm going to make it work. And here I am um, almost 21 years later. So it was definitely where God mm. wanted me to be. And then in that journey, and I was having to go back to school and find my way to go to school and being self-supporting my way through school. I was in the um, MBA program at UCF. And believe it or not, I had some challenges with with speaking. I grew up as a, a, young, girl, a young girl that had rotten teeth, who was very shy, and I still had that little girl mentality as a young adult. So I had signed up for a program at UCF called the Leadership Enhancement Program. And make a long story short, they had paired me with a licensed mental health counselor. And part of... Um, facing my fears and meeting my goals as part of that program was mm-hmm. to go out to the UCF community and help what they call um, USBS employees. It's kind of like this middle level employees and talk about how do you bloom, how do you bloom where you're planted, writing your personal mission and vision statement. And through that process, I get introduced to mental health counseling. But I was in the MBA program. I was unhappy. I was not doing well in my accounting classes. And I didn't believe in counseling at that time because I'm like, you know, God's the ultimate counselor. Who needs to go to a stranger and talk about their problems? <laughs> it's funny how I look back and, and realize that that was my mentality. But God had placed it on my heart that, you know, this was where I enjoyed being. I enjoyed helping people grow and look at themselves um, and being that mirror for them and being able to do some of the one-on-one things. So, I went to my mentor at the time. His name was Dr. Dykin. He's over. He's still at UCF over the um, health services. And it was kind of like a father figure. And I said, I think I'm going to drop out of the MBA program and apply to a counseling program as I'm holding my breath because I knew at that time that, you know, in my mind, you have a business degree and counselors don't make a lot of money. And he said, I don't know why I didn't think about that. Think about that before. And based off of that approval and God putting on my heart, I decided to um, pursue my mental health um, or counseling psychology degree, and the rest was history. But through the through that process, working with other counseling centers, and then God placing it on my heart that I was going to be a business owner. And make a long story short, I went back and I'm like, that was totally God's plan because I that business, my undergrad is in business. I was started the MBA mm. program, went to be a counselor, and so now. I have to have my business savvy skills that I've learned with my undergrad being in the MBA Mm -hmm. program, but yet practicing as a mental health counselor. So when I look back, it was totally God's leading um, to be where I'm at and doing the things that I'm passionate about. And one of the things that I've been passionate about these past couple of years is helping women understand their relational dynamics, in particular, the toxic relationship dynamics that hold them back from truly being the woman that God wants them to be. So Mm. there in birth was Women Redeemed. So Women Redeemed has been an intense 12-week therapy group that I facilitate for women that are it's what we would consider under the love addiction umbrella, and I'm using that term just to describe some of their um, 
their symptoms, so to speak. You know, women that can mistake intense sexual experiences and new, new romantic excitement for love. You know, mm-hmm. we mistake intensity for um, intimacy. And there's a pattern of having serial monogamous relationships where it's the same person, it's just a different face. And a lot of that has to do with what we call unresolved issues in our history. So mm. it's never to blame where we've come from, but, you know, just like Italy, we have to look back and look at the ruins to understand what was there. So it's not to blame our parents, not to blame our abuses and those types of things, but it's important that we all understand why we do the things that we do, because if we don't understand that, we will keep the same patterns, the same the same patterns over and over and over again. And we can call it generational curses, we can call it whatever you want to call it, but there's definitely the patterns there. And there's this constant craving and searching for a romantic relationship. And when the relationship um, ends, they become very desperate to please and, and, and have a fear of being alone. So a lot of the women in particular, some of them are married, you know, they could be married for 20 years and creating the same pattern. And one of the patterns that we'll see under the, what we call a love addicted umbrella is that we will make our partners or we will make the person who are in a relationship with our savior. They become God, mm. so to speak. You know, they're going to fulfill this void in me. They're going to be all that I need. So when you first meet them, people will say, well, we fell in love at first sight. Well, I'm a big believer there is no love at first sight. You don't even know their middle name, so it's not possible, (laughs) so to speak. But I understand, you know, the movies create, you know, this damsel in distress. My prince is going to come on the the white horse, and he's going to save me, and we're going to run off to the sunset. We're going to have children. So it creates this fantasy for women who are, who are, um, susceptible to falling into a fantasy life versus a reality. And a lot of times when, it, when we look at our childhood, sometimes we do, it's more, it's more about, and I'm using general terms, it's more about the emotional neglect, even more so than someone being physically abused or even sexually mm. abused. Many of the women in the group have had that in their history, but emotional neglect is something that's not measurable, right? So as parents, we have to be good enough parents to our children we are reflecting who they are and who they're going to be by the reflection in our eyes. So if we have a parent, let's say, who's depressed and, and she's with um, our father who's an alcoholic and all of her preoccupation is on our father and giving us the very minimum food, shelter, you know, making sure we're at the place at the right time. But she doesn't know how to build in us, you know, that you are a beautiful young woman. You are going to be great. You're going to be mighty things. And just kind of build that sense of self in us because every single one of us has a template that's being built in us. And the primary people who build that and reflect that in us is our parents. And I think about that having being a parent myself, you know, those moments where I'm preoccupied and I hear my son call my name four or five times, right? And it's not just those it's not just a moment like that. But if we have a parent where it's repetitious, where we're constantly being ignored or being underserved, we're not feeling loved and we have to figure out things in our own little 10-year-old or 8-year-old mind, or our parents are fighting, so we learn to stay below the radar. You cannot grow up and be a woman now and think, okay, well, I know how to do womanhood, right, when I still have right. this limp that I'm bringing through from my childhood. So, And women would deem we do what we call psychoeducation. Psychoeducation is we're becoming educated on what healthy relationships look like and then what are toxic and unhealthy relationships, because many of us, can make toxic, normal relationships normal. You know, Mm -hmm. when I used to think personally that it's okay to yell. It's okay to yell at your partner. It's okay to yell at your husband. It's okay to do those things because that's kind of what I saw. But that would be considered 
abusive behavior. And I'm not talking about being frustrated and expressing ourselves and frustrating. I'm talking about two people in a marital relationship where one will get in the other person's face and they're yelling at them like they're a child. So sometimes we can normalize those behaviors, not only from our own experiences, but from movies and then from the company that we keep, right? Mm -hmm. So the psychoeducational part is understanding, okay, how was I dropped in my past? How was I not um, taken care of? Or how was I not able to develop a healthy sense of self? Because when we have a healthy sense of self, 20% of the population, according to research, is secure. That's not a lot. That means that we've had a good enough childhood. We understand who we are. We are able to have boundaries. And we are able to love and take care of ourselves. And we're going to enter a relationship from that standpoint. The rest of us have some level of brokenness, and we can either heal together. We're broken in relationships. We can heal in relationships. We're either going to help each other heal, or we're going to continue the abusive cycle. So in Women Redeem, most of the women will continue the abusive cycle until they get to rock bottom. And rock bottom usually really looks like what we call withdrawal. So we're looking at relations. When I'm using these terms loosely, they're not um, in our DSM. They're not diagnosable. Um, But it's relationship addiction. We use relationships to fulfill the void where God should be. We use relationships to feel good enough about ourselves. We use relationships to feel um, that we have a sense of self and worthiness and our inability to maintain um, an intimate relationship once the newness and excitement wears off is, is a dominant um, theme when it comes to women um, that are in the program of Women Redeemed. And what people don't understand, this is not just someone that um, has repetitive, broken relationships. These women are successful, six-figure women, entrepreneur women um, that are in long-term relationships or marriages or have the serial monogamy. So the continuum is mm. there. But the challenge is, is that we normalize such behavior. So if things don't, when things are broken in your relationship, well, just leave it. Just leave the relationship, and then you jump into another relationship. And and I'm a big believer. Not all relationships are made to are are, are of God. You know, we also mm. have to look at how we yeah. sometimes we we marry somebody over lust. <laughs> you know, so right. I'm not necessarily saying that just because people um, are in broken relationships that they have to repair it and you know crusader for marriages in that sense. I'm a, a crusader for healthy relationships, healthy marriages. So sometimes women will say, well, especially for Christian women, is I'm committed to the commitment but they're not committed to having the healthy relationship. And that's what kind of keeps certain people that come through the group in the cycle, you know, but God is a redeemer, you know, so there's redemption and it starts with, with them. It's not about leaving your relationship and starting new. If you don't understand your unhealthiness and your dynamic that you bring into the relationship, you're going to bring that in the relationship over and over and over again. And many women that will fall under the, characteristics of people who best fit for women redeem have a compulsiveness to use sex and fantasy to fill loneliness, whether it's wow. in their relationship or whether it's out of their relationship. And, and a lot of times that can come from also them choosing partners who are emotionally unavailable and many women, unless we're on, unless we're educated and I'm not talking about educated ed- formal education, but we understand how we either grew up in an unhealthy family system, engage in unhealthy relationships we cannot detect our picker is broken. We cannot detect that a man is emotionally available. And can I just caveat to that? Yep, go ahead. No, I was going to say, can I just say that at, at a very young age, um, I don't know why we, we're not teaching young young girls how to recognize people who are emotionally available or or unavailable. Because I remember going through everything you're talking about as a teenager and in my early twenties. I didn't want to cut you off, but it just that really resonated yep. with me that we don't know how to pick. 
Exactly. That's why I have a heart for young women and for women, because we will repeat the same thing over and over again. And we're, and we'll joke about, oh, we're, we were daddy's little girl or, and I'm saying all those things, there's a healthy continuum for that. But if we've learned to manipulate men at a very young age, manipulate dad, and we have jokes about it as adults, you know, batting her eyes, oh, she got daddy wrapped around her finger. You know, that's going to be a template. That's going to be something that's going into our template of how we re, how we react and how we, and how we respond to men, that we mm. use our sexuality, we use our flirtation, we use, you know, all of that stuff to get what we need to fill an emotional void that only God can fill. But yet we have so much things in our society, I'm not blaming society, but when we look at romantic movies, you know, we look at The Notebook, we look at all these other things, which I enjoy, or even we listen <laughs> yes. to the radio, we hear Sam Smith, you know, talking about, I was built for you, give me all of your needs. You know what? I'm like, yeah, let me order one if they existed, right? But those things are fantasy. But yet we mm. keep getting these messages over and over and over again of what a relationship looks like. And we don't realize that what feeds our mind and feeds our soul is what we're going to look for in the world. So if I'm looking for someone to fulfill all of my needs and all of my fantasies, then I'm going to look for a man like that. Or I'm going to look to my husband and think, wow, you ain't it. And then my, my dissatisfaction goes down. And then there, their marriage is over before it's even really had a chance to thrive. So a lot of these women also use, um, not all of them, but love and sex addiction sometimes will go hand in hand. You know, they'll use the sex to feel loved and they use the sex to to be um, in order to create the seduction early on. And this could be in a marital relationship or a dating relationship. But once emotional intimacy sets in, the wall goes up. And I hear this so many times with couples. Well, she was so available when we first got married, you know, we were always um, having sex, and then she just changed. And now she's saying it's her libido, but sometimes it's more than that, you know, because mm-hmm. if you give a woman mm-hmm. the right husband, the right partner, where there's emotional intimacy, where she feels free, where she can be herself, where he accepts her body, and he and she feels like he is pleasing to her in all aspects of the way, she's going to be very open. But what happens with women in particular is because of our codependency, we learn to please the other and we neglect ourselves. So in order mm-hmm. to please the others, I may not have an opinion. I'm not going to tell you, you know, touch me here or be with me this way or I want to cuddle or, you know, the lovemaking starts in the morning when you say good morning to me and you smile. We don't necessarily know how to ask those things. Mm-hmm. So going back to the little girl template, we learn to manipulate. Manipulate now as an adult woman looks as passive aggressive behavior. I'm going to take shots at you. I'm going to tell you what you do wrong. And I'm going to become the victim, the damsel in distress that you're not a good husband to me and you need to fulfill all these fantasies of which I've never spoken to you about, but when we're angry, they come out. And that's where the toxic fighting happens. So we look at different stages that happen, and one of the stages is toxic fighting. So it's now she's out of the fantasy, she's looking at the reality, and how many of us as women can admit that we we got married off of the potential or the fantasy of who someone was going to be to us? You know, a lot of lies go at the altar if we get real, right? So when we tell those lies at the altar, you know, or, you know, and have all these story words and those types of things, we don't understand really what that means, really what it means to be with someone in sickness and health, really what it means to be with someone when they've lost their job, when you've married them, they were on the top of their game. You know, really what does that mean? You know, in the beginning, when you're looking at those, you know, and I believe God puts blinders on us for a reason, so we really do cleave to our partner. So, you know, when we're looking at those red, rosy glasses, we are more times than not looking at the potential of our future versus if this person who I'm saying I do in this moment, if they never change, can I live the rest of my life with who they are at this very moment? 
And many women, when they're honest Mm -hmm. with themselves, cannot necessarily, have not necessarily evaluated in that sense because it's the fantasy. So they have repeated, they have repeated relationships that are painful and that more times than not, and this is, I'm talking about compulsive love relationships. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. every day, you know, we have an argument, we're having a bad day because there are marital problems. And I'm not talking about marital problems. I'm talking about relational patterns that are toxic for some of the women in Redeem. So we'll do the um, psychoeducation, which is some of the stuff I'm sharing, and then we'll also do what we call just some experiential therapy. So a lot of the women will do art therapy to express the traumas that have occurred in their life, and many of them have never shared publicly. I mean, it's a small group. They sign releases. We do all the legal stuff to help protect them to create a safe environment because many times mm. with women, if we have toxic relationships with men, we also have toxic relationships with women, which we don't trust sure. other women. So part right. of the woman redeem is teaching them to have healthy relationships with other women. So I try to create the safest environment as possible. So when they're doing experiential therapy, they're telling their story. When they tell their story, they don't understand how powerful. I mean, we can say it, we can hear it, but when you tell your story, or in other words, in church names, we tell our testimony, it has power because there's someone else in the room yeah. normally has something that they're holding back. And when they hear someone else say it, they're like, wow. I'm not the only one that struggled with that. I'm not the only one that had that happen to me because shame has such power on women in particular. Shame says, you know what, there is something inherently wrong with me and I'm going to protect that at all costs. So I walk around with a mask. You only get to see part of me, you know, and that's very different than guilt. Guilt says I've done something wrong, but shame says I am broken. There's something wrong with me. And there are many women who look very successful in their careers who have so much shame that they live a dichotomous life that no one knows when they're going home that there's domestic abuse in their home. No one knows that they or themselves have repetitively are engaging in affairs to fulfill a void. I mean, so the, the manifestation that happens because of our inability to want to look at ourselves and do the work as women because we learn to compartmentalize from a very early age can be detrimental not only to our relationships with other women, our relationships with men, but it also can be to our relationship in our, our careers. You know, we're preoccupied with... Um, unhealthy relationship dynamics it enters into the enter it enters into into our workplace and, and those types right. of things. So anyway, I could probably go on and on and on about No, I know. And we I know we don't have much time with you today, but that's okay because we're gonna have to have you back if you, we would love to have you back as a guest. But I, I did want to say to all of our listeners that they at least need to go on your website. So before you go, and thank you so much for carving out time for us today because this was so good. I took so many notes that we're going to have to follow up, <laughs> have a follow-up conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, Janie. So tell us the website and where they can find you. Yep, absolutely. So um, our website is life, www.lifecounselingsolutions, with an S on the end, dot com. And they can also learn more about me at JanieLacy.com, and that's L-A-Z-Y, and they can follow us on social media. And our next Women Redeem group is coming up at the end of the, the month, so we have just a few spots available for that. And we're also doing a house healing, which is targeted for women that fall under this umbrella of having a pattern of unhealthy relationships. Our house healing will be a four-day intensive. We're taking our 12-week program, and we're putting it all into a, a four-day weekend wow. um, where we're going to be staying in a house and working um, through some of these issues. So our house of healing will be coming in up in April. So we have a lot of great things going on to help um, women to not feel ashamed and to not feel like they're alone and that they have support for themselves to become healthy so that they can contribute to healthy relationships. 
Janie, thank you so much. We're talking to Janie Lacey, relationship trauma expert, licensed mental health counselor, owner of Life Counseling Solutions. I know that there's a lot behind mom, a lot behind your title, and we're just so thankful that you took time to speak to us. Would you do us the honor of closing us out in prayer? Absolutely. So, Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this time to be able to talk about the challenges that are hard for women to talk about. So we are asking for any woman that is listening to this podcast that you laid upon their heart that it's okay to reach out and get help, that it's okay for them to to be able to say, I can't do it alone. Father God, we're just asking for that 2018 be the year of healing, healing internal shame, healing relationships, healing marriages, in order for women to do the work that only you can help them do, Father God. We're just asking that. If you've listened to this podcast and there's something that has resonated with you, that you understand that you are not alone and that you can reach for help. And we're just asking that you bless every single person who's listened to this podcast. I'm asking that you bless the host mightily for having this on her heart to be able to help other women, um, to be able to have resources and to be able to hear messages in the privacy of their own home and their car, that they can, that their hearts can be stirred to realize that there are people out there that are going through the same thing. They're not alone and that there is help available. And we pray this in your dear dear name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. To all of our listeners and our listening audience, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan and to our guest, Danny Lacey. We are wishing you and praying for a prosperous and amazing 2018. Thank you for being my guest today. You are most welcome. Bye, everyone. Until next time, we love you. Take care.